0: right season five episode seven of the art fight podcast happy man, to have oh, you andres joe nolan this is great you're back i'm back this is great hey. glad you're back I'm and back. welcome thank you for having me fellas. Yeah, bring that up
1: bring it up here yeah I like this man
0: thank you for having me fellas appreciate it oh, you, yeah. you got it you got it
1: um so joe you went to the beach i did yeah we went down to florida for a week and uh no, I'm tan. I'm well rested. I'm oh like a, gosh. I'm a rejuvenated soul. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I ate so many shrimp. There's a, there's a, what is it? There's a, there's a, there's a rap song where the guy says, "I ate so many shrimp. I got iodine poisoning." <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's Three Six Mafia. Yeah. <laughs> so that's taking it back. Three I ate so many shrimp. I got iodine poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and
0: so. uh I have not been to the beach, so good for you. Uh, you look know. tan though. Yeah, you know why? You know why I have sun on mm. my face or no. my arms? So if you study carefully, see the underside of my arms. It's not very tan. Uh huh. Just one side is. This is yes. It's from driving. Oh, ah, okay. Uh, it's all it is. Drive tan.
2: It's a drive. Oh, it's a yeah. Drive
0: tan. Yeah. It's uh. So I voluntarily, on purpose, have a car that's my only car that has no air conditioning, because I'm an idiot. And so natural, natural is (laughs) very hot. So (sighs) wait,
2: this uh, is on purpose. Yeah, yeah.
0: Bring that mic up. This is on purpose. You
2: don't have a AC.
0: Yeah. Well, so I I decided that I want. So the the short story basically is that you know I had like a uh, a regular gig, corporate type of gig for a long time doing marketing work, and so I would commute, you know, across town. Nothing crazy. And then when I got to the point where I was, you know, working for myself, I was like, you know, my studio here is just like a half a mile from my house. I don't need awesome. like a really nice car. My wife's got the other car that's got like all the things, and she commutes, and so that's all good. And I was just like, I just don't really need very much. So, um, and I just uh, somehow uh, convinced her that the wisest thing I could do would be to buy a 1985 Toyota Celica, which is like a, I like Japanese old cars, nice. and. Uh, and so I did, and I found one that's like in museum-level quality shape. It's a beautiful wow. car. Um, but, you know, back then to get air conditioning in a car was a serious option that you paid for. A, like, you know, I've still got the window sticker for this car, by the way. And you can see, you know, what the price breakdown insane. was. But back then. For that exact you, luxurious. car. Yeah, I have the that's window insane. sticker. insane. Yeah, I have the exact <laughs> and, and so, and I believe it was, it was a fairly expensive car at the time. I mean, it was like maybe 14 sixteen thousand dollars or something but in 1985 that's a lot um or you know that's a not a a bottom (laughs) bottom dwelling car but um but i you know i i remember back in those days like to get air conditioning it would be like another two or three thousand dollars so that you're basically adding like 15 percent to the cost of the car sometimes to get air conditioning Mm -hmm. so a lot of people yeah so unless you just really needed it uh you just didn't get it and this car came from the north and uh so it did not have air, have air conditioning. So mm. I just, you know, it's got a sunroof though, and that's why I there you go am drenched and like my sunburn has sunburn. Um, it doesn't
1: look like a burn; it looks like a good, the good uh, <sighs> spring tan. Well, you know, it, <laughs> you should have
0: seen it last week. I looked like a leper. Mm. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's all good. But anyway, so that's like the a story leopard. on that. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, and so uh, you know, last let's see, was it last week? I did. Uh, I don't do many episodes without Joe um, okay. because I just am very uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I don't even really leave the house unless Joe's around. <laughs> no, um, Joe, the savior. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but last week I, I did a rem- uh, the first sort of remote version. We did a uh, or I did an episode with uh, this YouTube channel called Regular Car Reviews, and it was amazing. It was really fun. Uh, those guys are super literary nerds that make car review parodies about cars that are not very. Not uh, not necessarily desirable, car, like every every man kind of cars. Yeah, uh, generally speaking. So um, Nissan Sentra, right? Yeah, <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. So um, so I you know uh, shout out to those guys again. That was a, just a really great conversation. It went about two hours,
1: mm-hmm. uh, which we they were in town have. doing an event at the car museum. Oh, and, okay. Uh, and Brian hooked up with him. Yeah, so anyway, so that
0: was fun. And then so now we're all coming back together. And then, Andres, you get to be here. So Hey, thanks. So, yeah, what's
2: going on with you, man? I said Nissan Sentra because that's what I owned for the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, life is good. I'm preparing for my first solo show ever, which is kind of exciting, solo art show. And I'm preparing for Persona Contemporary 2019, mm-hmm. which is going to be in September. So my, my, my art show, July 7th at Rockwall Gallery. Wedgwood, Houston and then September Where's at Fort me, Houston. Tell me
1: tell me where what's uh Rockwall Gallery. I don't think I know what that is.
2: Shout out to Ryan Rado, okay. the awesome abstract artist here in Nashville. Uh do you know where the where the Houston station yeah building is? It's basically a hallway down there. You know where um, Is it the is it Ernest or Hemingway's is? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it, you go through those doors and it'll be the hallway all the way. down
1: oh okay right on so it's just yeah it's like that first floor hallway yes yeah cool but it's exposed rock and then that's why they call yeah. it rock walls yes. okay cool that's it yeah that's and there's a um there's you know up where dane carter has his space ex- yeah there's a that's hallway gallery there as well correct and that would be below okay yeah Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. first floor yep. yeah that's cool so it's going to be all just your own stuff Yes, Tell the first them, well, time ever. Yeah, well, what, what kind of stuff is it going to no be? Pressure. And then we'll talk about, we can talk about, like, it just has to be perfect. how you got to where you are with what you do. So, it's yeah. going to be the stuff I see you doing on Instagram?
2: Uh, I love to experiment. Uh-huh. So, this is a little more of an experimental series. Uh-huh. I'm using a lot of uh, canvas folding and also utilizing oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. acrylic.
1: Some of the stuff you showed me at your house. Yes, that's yeah. right.
2: Now I, I'll have to show you some of the new stuff that's actually completed. So now. yeah, so
1: like to just to fill people in, you've got
2: like you're like painting
1: on canvas, but then instead of stretching the canvas like a traditional painter might, or stretching it and then painting it, you're actually sort of folding the canvas into these interesting shapes and designs. Correct. And it's almost more like a sculpture project.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's been really fun to push myself out of, of out of my limits and just see what can I do, how can I make this canvas feel more alive rather mm-hmm. than constrained by four corners. Now, mm-hmm. I do have some other pieces that I've been playing with that involves found acrylic, um, uh, kind of like plexiglass, what people call it, mm-hmm. and shaping it, painting it, coloring it, experimenting. It's To me, the art, is in the process mm. of creating. So the mm. the process of getting my hands covered in paint, my, my clothing, mm. you know, and spending a whole entire day just making art, being creative, and just empowering myself and empowering, I guess, humanity through a creative vision. Well, all right.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll take two of those. <laughs> all right. No, but, the, but the idea is,
0: well, you know, I like the idea that, that you really embrace it as something experiential as opposed to um, just uh, taking almost yourself or the act out of it um, I'm sure that every everybody has some experiential relationship to what they're making but to sort of amplify that and to just sort of really richly you know sort of dig into that I think probably makes for a more sort of visceral and, and interesting kind of uh, process anytime you lean into something more physically or experientially in the tangible world it seems like you kind of create a lot of uh, incidental reactions and you know just the sheer kinetics of things can Mm -hmm. can create more things for you to sort of interpret as they're happening right and then sort of surf that process as opposed to just i i'm just sort of dancing around this precious thing that i'm trying to uh you know make you know uh perfect
2: right right uh perfection isn't quite a thing for me it's all about the process of creating and how how the energy the emotion that I feel while creating this piece and a lot most of the time I don't know what it's going to turn out to be mm-hmm. that's where the emotion part of it so basically what I explore with my creative process is human emotion and the human existence the the experience of being a human mm-hmm. I've always been interested in that those type of topics kind of the the ethereal divine nature of human beings and human emotion and energy and so that's kind of what i attempt to channel through this work Uh, a lot of it is very bright and i use a lot of neon paint and glow-in-the-dark paint there's this fascination within me that uh, when you see this work i mean even just in daylight it looks beautiful but under a black light it's, it's just gains a completely new kind of perspective new new way of seeing things, new way of, of speaking, new way of thinking and, and feeling, so.
1: Where do, I mean, you, you're you talking about these these paints you use, and a lot of times you're talking about using uh, like the, that kind of a palette uh, in spray paint. Yes. Um, so so where, like, talk a little bit about like your your street art roots and how that's part of what still informs like the kind of aesthetic where you're using neon, you know, uh, colors and, and spray paint.
2: Yeah, so I love to experiment, and it all pretty much started with street art, with graffiti, started uh, in high school. My best friend at the time, Eddie Keitlinger, we... We were, such a great best friend name. <laughs> I love that last My name. My friend,
1: Eddie Keitlinger. <laughs> it's he taught cool. me about the paint.
2: Cool last name. That sounds yeah. like something
0: from a novel. That doesn't yeah. sound like a... You made that up. It sounds like a
2: movie character. Yeah. Eddie Keitlinger. No, yeah, but Eddie, shout out to so Eddie. Stephen we haven't. King. We lost touch, but <laughs> great dude. Um, so we were both kind of in similar situations. Single mother, living at home and during high school, obviously. You would live at home. Some people don't, but uh, anyway. <laughs> And single mom, you know, broke moms working hard, all that stuff. We loved to skateboard. We loved metal and hardcore music. We yeah. loved creativity. We we just we were just young, angry, pissed off kids what wanting your, to find a way. What were,
0: what were your bands at the time? <laughs>
2: I was an angry kid. I I'm used to, to listen a to yeah. Hatebreed. Okay, or it's like <laughs> okay. I mean, just there. the name itself will tell <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to derail you, but I just wanted <laughs> no, no, to, no. I
0: wanted a soundtrack for you to keep going. And you're like, okay. Well, so I now. mean, that,
2: that has a lot to do with with it. You know, I grew up uh, in a unique situation, and. Um, Single single parents, right? Mm-hmm. All that good stuff. Area and I and the, were angry kids. Yeah, and you we wanted just, to
1: skate. You had just moved to Nashville from Columbia when you were eleven. Is that right? I
2: moved to the United States when I was ten. When you were ten, lived okay. in New Jersey and uh-huh. then moved to Tennessee when I was twelve. When you were twelve, okay. Yeah, good.
1: I wanted to get that background in there too because I think that's an important part of like this, especially when you talk about this story of how you found oh, yeah. art, you know. and all that
2: stuff. Yeah, I was born in Columbia, South mm-hmm. America. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, so my mother, you know, she wanted to find a better life for us. And mm-hmm fight hard work hard but uh, anyway we were angry kids we didn't have dads like mm-hmm. my dad's been in in the streets basically since mm-hmm. i was a kid mm-hmm. thanks to drug addiction and my mother has done the best that she could on her own but mm-hmm. has struggled a lot with sure. depression anger problems and verbal abuse mm-hmm. you know like taking it out on the people close to her so mm-hmm. that happened to be me mm-hmm. so you know that was the perfect formula for an angry kid who just mm-hmm. wanted to Get some energy out, so we would we were rebels. we were crazy. We would skateboard everywhere right after high school, get into crazy shit and this one time uh Eddie came over for a sleepover. We, we were in the living room because that's like my mother and I lived in a one bedroom apartment mm-hmm. i lived I s- slept on the futon in the mm-hmm. living room. she slept in the regular room, crammed with my drums with my drum set <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Eddie and I watched this movie back in the day when when like comcast on demand um was on and like you could watch some free movies and stuff well there was this movie called bomb the system an <laughs> indie movie for, uh, about these graffiti writers in new york and they were just a young crew and mm-hmm. it was just i don't know the cinematography the music the like new york vibes it just mm. gave a whole new perspective to what art could be it could be this thing that um that i can relate to mm-hmm. as a as a teenager angry ready to break something right mm. and um eddie keitlinger shows up <laughs> <laughs> <So good. laughs> his name's awesome uh, eddie keitlinger and andres bustamante take over <laughs> we uh we started this quote unquote graffiti crew and so we eddie shows up on in a, a august afternoon on my birthday he's like He's got a crazy duffel bag full of spray paint that he just racked from some store. I don't know where he racked it from, but like he, he yeah. didn't have money for it's that. Part he of the ethos, th- you have to rack it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the the I guess the the theory. Yeah, <laughs> in theory, yeah. But um, he showed us up with like twenty cans in this duffel bag, and I'm like oh my god and the dude okay dude already had a really awesome like talented background like he could draw beautifully and like he was just like very naturally talented he Mm. still is i hope one day i'll reconnect with him but um yeah dude uh was like hey let's go paint and at the time i lived on edmondson pike south nashville and there was this bridge in this um apartment complex like there was a bridge that would go over to cross the apartment complex and we went down there and started painting and I I remember I couldn't even hold the can properly because it was like, you know, like just learning something new. It's like Mm -hmm. a new brush, like a new pencil Mm -hmm. and uh, just completely different. But this rush of adrenaline, like, ooh, I painted a name. This is me. This is going to be here for a while. (laughs) Somebody's going to see it. Mm -hmm. And Eddie was already doing like burner pieces like (laughs) super good pieces like Taws, and like he was like wow it's like he had been doing this for like ever but uh that's how it started and i you know we eventually did some quote-unquote missions and got in trouble for it and i realized you know at an early age like hey like if i had gotten in trouble at 18 i would have been charged as an adult and this could have been really serious and so at age about 16 to 17 i had to really decide like, hey, uh, you could keep going in and out of trouble or you could find a creative way to ease that desire to make something. Mm-hmm. to channel that energy that you have right yeah went from like bomb and the system to like let's find a way to work with the <laughs> system <laughs> it went from that a little bit yeah and so uh, exactly and so I already had music in me I'm, I'm really grateful my mother invested in, in in music for me like piano drum kit you know and I was just I've just always been this having this desire to find a way to create something mm-hmm. yeah Um, and so I started going to a few summer camps and some photographer friends introduced me to photography. So I was like, wow, this is what I've been looking for. I can't do graffiti because it's extremely dangerous. It's, it's the only art form really that where you would risk your life, risk, to go, risk going in jail, risk losing a limb, Mm. and not get paid for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously you become a muralist or something like that and get commissions and yeah you can yeah, yeah, pay like for it train, y- train yards and all that stuff exactly yeah. train yards you know billboards painting whatever but uh, that's that's where it started and photography eventually became this, this other passion I applied to the only school I applied to was Watkins College of Art Design and Film I got in uh, single mom mm-hmm. I had like a pizza job so, as an uh, something a lot of people don't know about me is that I am a refugee from Colombia, South America mm-hmm. because there's a lot of war in Colombia, a lot of just turmoil right and my mother did what she needed to do in order to bring us here mm-hmm. and to make life better for us and she did, and here here we are um, now refugees protected under the u s government and time for college I get into one of the best schools I can um and
1: for people from, who don't know Watkins is an art school here in Nashville
2: fine art school yeah, yeah. and uh, and then uh, financial aid guys like wait a minute you can only go for this long because we can't give you FAFSA financial aid we cannot give you any form of um Private loans, like I couldn't get private. Even if I wanted to be Mm. neck deep in
1: student student loans, and just like qualified to get them,
2: I was not able. I'm not able to get them. Thankfully, I could go to school, Mm. so I, I went for about year and a half. Took a few, you know, few good classes and learned as much as I could. And yeah, then it was like, okay, well, it's either like you skip a semester, work a little bit, come back, right, or just go to the workforce and make real money and so I'm really grateful for my history because Mm -hmm. at that time I thought man I can't finish art school this is the world is is ending Mm -hmm. oh my god but now looking looking back like 28 year old me it's like wow I'm really grateful for all of these experiences that were difficult in my life
1: Mm
2: -hmm. not having a father and having a father that's been um, you know hurt by the war on drugs, mm-hmm. which is completely ridiculous, and it's only caused bloodshed mm-hmm. since it started here in the states. The war on on, on uh-huh. drugs is, is is
1: bogus. And of course, Colombia. I mean, the the, the the reach of that war reaches all the way down there. You know,
2: absolutely, man. They, the the, the guerrilla is forcing people to grow coke. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, how dare you! And the sad thing is it's in the states where it's consumed so Mm -hmm. it's this vicious cycle Mm -hmm. so but what not having my father taught me was i'm really grateful for that experience it's like he taught me the power of of medicine Mm -hmm. because everybody is looking for that something to to fill them to inspire them to Mm -hmm. to help their minds expand to 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 understand the human equation why are we here on earth this existential crisis that everybody goes through every every once in a while like Mm -hmm. why the fuck am I here who am I what is this what is you know uh, what is this thing that's happening to me and um, I think that if my father had had access to true true medicine without it being demonized and criminalized then you know things would have been better but it taught me that and you know my mother taught me the power of words the way she misused words towards me and towards herself and others to express her pain and chaos within taught me that now I can channel plant medicine and I can channel words as a way to help empower myself and empower others. Yeah, I mean, having a perfect
0: upbringing with the perfect circumstances rarely the most helpful. I think for a lot of people, I mean, as much as that's the ideal circumstances, everybody's trying to provide. Luckily, we're all not perfect, and luckily, you know, I think everybody comes from. Something. I mean, because even the most picture perfect scenarios are still fully dysfunctional and bizarre. Oh yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> like we're no, no one's immune and, and I, think, right. And I think it's definitely a, a good, I think there's two paths that people can take in their lives. And one is to sort of constantly uh, kind of blame circumstances and externalize that and use that as sort of a, a, a crutch or a Victim. whatever, a lack yeah, of victimhood. accountability. Um, no matter how bad your upbringing mm-hmm. is, and you can't erase that the the imprinting that's been done entirely, but it's sort of like there is some point that you want people to reach where it's like, hey, you know what? Like you can take control at some point, declare autonomy, and yeah. say, "I'm going to reverse or move away from some of these uh, impulses that I've come from, and and do the best I can with that." Um, yeah, and so I think that acknowledging that. And then trying to put it to work is a really—that's a really cool thing. I Thank mean, you. that's what we're all trying to do, right? Yeah. And then you know, and then uh, you know, as far as like, who are we? Why are we? What is this? You know, sort of the 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 constant existential um, struggle or questioning. Uh, you know, I, I've said many times like, uh, my favorite thing in the world is that I don't know anything, and if I knew, it, well, what happens when you die? Like. If you knew what happened for sure when we die, I would be just, 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 just no, don't, t- <laughs> don't say shit. Just don't tell me. The whole reason I'm enjoying this whole thing is because I don't know. Enjoying the ride, yeah. Yeah, so I appreciate mystery, and I appreciate yes. uh, the unknown, and it's nice to be able to sort of stare it in the face and not be afraid of it at the same time. You know. Well, I, I, like as a little kid, I was like, I figured out how to not be afraid of death at a very early age when you start to figure out like what death is you're like okay that's some heavy shit when you're a kid you're like oh but i just thought of it as like well it's kind of like uh the other thing i didn't like doing when i was a little kid just like any kid was like i didn't like going to the doctor or the right. dentist or whatever getting shots or like whatever oh, stuff like yeah. that when i was I really little kid right but the thing is is what, what what i would the turn i would make in my head when i was this is like when i'm five or six but i, was, I would just sit there and i go okay well everybody has to do this like I'm not being selected out of you know out of some. So as long as the the death rate for all living things remains at exactly one hundred percent, I'm fine with that as a concept. Mm-hmm. As soon as it starts being selective, yeah. or or something to that effect, uh, then I will have greater concerns. But anyway, <laughs> um, but that's that's really great, man. Uh, that's a that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of energy, right? That you're coming from. That you're sorting out, and you're still super young. You've got a lot to figure out still. Um, the,
2: the beauty of it is that uh, the things that I've been through, you know, eventually led me to to religion, which religion claims to have so many answers, answer, answer, answer. And what I loved about what you just said is embracing the mystery. Mm-hmm. So, for the longest, I was this zealous Christian guy and I was, you know, doing all these things, evangelism, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and once I broke free from that, once my mind was able to be liberated from a box i was able to start embracing the mystery so I, I find that very very beautiful and i think that's it like nobody yeah. nobody really has every single answer mm-hmm. but you can have every single question right well that's that's what i
0: love about uh, like when i studied the uh, haskalah and the, the jewish enlightenment period of like mid last century you know uh all of all of the strains of sort of writing and humor and art and all of the things that came out of that period are really predicated on, on that as an understanding. I really appreciate, um, or even like artists like Anselm Kiefer who I bring up a lot just because I love, but he's really entrenched in uh, ultimately like Jewish mysticism and uh, that seems to be in line with more like what you're, like you can still be cognizant of a lot of these traditions and things, but there are people that are readily uh, all about the the mystery or even, you know, sort of a lot of Native American cultures and all that you know it's not about knowing all these things it's just about being humble in the presence of what you don't know and just leave it at that like you don't have to define it or start leveraging it over people or creating some bullshit war on drugs because of some legislative morality because of some <laughs> oh yeah and then we tie that's back such in a mess. but you know <laughs> but yeah uh that's super i mean that's really that's really interesting and then and then so how do you feel like that that's play oh by the way we're on instagram right is there anybody there right. Who we were talking to Are we are
2: they, doing There any... have been a few people live So you got
1: some, wa- some waves Got okay. some little waves Going on there um, A
2: little wave Some yeah. love Appreciate Waving, it wave. What's up Instagram Somebody else
1: wave at us While we're doing While hey, we're at Instagram
0: you. So if anybody has a question Or something Maybe they can throw uh, Yeah Yeah we'll keep an eye on it and if, Or if, you... if anybody wants Joe To take his clothes off Or something <laughs> Like this will be a first You know
2: Hey well, he, he does it during every podcast <laughs> dude. Nobody just knows This is
1: the first time I'm not naked <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's great Naked is liberty man we were born I, I have a i have a secret to tell you guys oh boy i was born naked mm. <laughs> dang born naked. i just said that on the on the art art fight podcast let's get in a fight yeah
0: so so <laughs> just and then, kidding and then how so how you, your your perspective and coming up in nashville has been a fairly unique experience but not you know unheard of right there's a lot of people here from other places Dude, uh, and leaving yeah. a lot of different circumstances Absolutely. to come here for a different existence you know we've had um you know a lot of folks like that here so uh how do, how do you feel like that that's kind of factoring into what you're doing now or, or do you feel like do you feel like a responsibility to sort of speak to that experience
1: i think this is a good just i, I can let yeah, me yeah. just put it let me put a little tail on the donkey i feel yeah. like that's a good that's a good way a good point for you to talk a little bit about the show that you did last year for persona and then you can tell us a little bit about what persona
2: is too so persona contemporary thanks joe yeah, thank you because you appreciate it. it, guys. I, Persona <laughs> Contemporary started in 2018 as a response to political chaos going on, Sep- family separations at the border with the current administration that would just ruthlessly separate families and throw kids in cage like situations, separated mm-hmm. from mom and dad. And I mean, I can't imagine the, the, the sadness, the horror, you know. And But then again, it's not new to this administration it's been going on for ever and ever ice has been a very big thing in people's lives uh being worried about immigration being worried about maybe i'll go to work today and uh i may not see my family this afternoon Mm because you know and a lot of anti-immigrant laws have been passed here in tennessee um that basically allow police officers to act Mm -hmm. Like immigration agents, right? So they stop you. You might look a little Hispanic, or you might look a little Middle Eastern, or something. Oh, I don't know. You don't look white, mm-hmm. so we're gonna stop you, yeah, mm-hmm. and and see if you're if you're with us or not. And then it really you gives forget them a, your wallet at home, and then you yeah. don't make it home, right? You yeah. don't have documentation showing that you're, quote unquote, legal citizen. Then you're out. So that that started, and um, you know a lot of, a lot of that, just. Basically triggered a crazy depression for me when the uh, this last election happened, and I didn't know what to do. And I realized I'm not necessarily this politically active person because it drains my my energy and my emotion. But the way that I can serve the world is creatively, mm-hmm. and so I gathered uh, I gathered some ideas, and I said, "Hey, let's start Persona Contemporary." and let's talk to wonderful artists. We had um, Nuveen Barwari, we mm-hmm. had Bezar er- yeah, Nuveen was on our show two, yeah. mm-hmm. two episodes ago, three mm-hmm. episodes ago? Right, she's yeah. great. We had um, you know wonderful, strong leaders in the community. David we had, Anderson. Anyway, David Anderson, yeah. um, Karen Siepker, um, yeah. Amelia Briggs. We had a lot For people of people. Out,
1: you know, outside of Nashville, this, it's kind of a, you had a real who's who of a lot of the really kind of bright light contemporary artists yes. in the city were a part of it.
2: My desire is basically to bring young, young up-and-coming artists that nobody knows or that haven't had a platform yet, and providing them opportunity to uh, to work side by side with somebody who has been recognized and somebody who's uh, a lot of people that were in this show were females, educators, uh, artists, uh, directors, uh, gallery directors, people that you know can help one another. So I wanted to bridge different gaps. Mm-hmm. At the t- at the same time that I was bridging different gaps, so mm-hmm. we partnered up with Turk, or I partnered up with Turk Tennessee Immigrant Refugee Rights Coalition, mm-hmm. and in total we raised about two thousand dollars that night. It through, all went
1: uh, through art sales, right? You through s- art sales, yeah.
2: we had uh, basically everything was fifty dollars or or so, and all the work sold. All the work was donated. And I'm really grateful for all the artists yeah. that that um, donated the donated work, yeah. the work and their time. Grateful for Tournament uh, Gallery in East Nashville. And so we raised all this money and it was beautiful and mm-hmm. thanks uh thanks to my friend and fellow artist emily sue laird she got us some grants and it just kind of all went together because these grants were to teach about teach kids about art and science and mm-hmm. uh partner with conexión americas with mostly like diverse middle school kids mm-hmm. so i had a, i had about 12 workshops that I taught some of them were with the Adventure Science Center funds and some of them were like my own funds that I mm. that I raised or um from other grants and things mm. and I was able to teach about 12 workshops last fall mm. uh to young diverse children and I mm. was like oh my god this is beautiful and I talked about uh art and science and we talked about neuroplasticity which is also something that I'm really passionate about because neuroplasticity is basically the science of rewiring your brain it's basically how can we heal from a traumatic experience and make it uh and still have a beautiful life rewire change the story flip the script from victimhood to Mm. victorious right and so Mm. that's what i've been able to find in my life where um i used to basically beat myself up so much and trust me i still do it's an everyday art fight that's right right? right. every day you look in the mirror and you you have to decide am i do i love myself am i worthy of love and the answer is always yes Mm -hmm. and that's what i had to find to, to to set me free yes i am worthy of love and i want to love myself empower myself and love others and empower others so this is what um, the science of neuroplasticity and a lot of my research in plant medicine has helped me heal, so that I can help others one way or the other with different platforms and creativity. But um, yeah, so I taught some workshops on neuroplasticity and art, and one of those projects is now hanging at the Adventure Science Center until oh, the Indeed.
0: whole the whole year. So and that's a really cool. Uh, space that's a really cool project building and shout out to Megan and all the other great people over there all of
1: mm-hmm. shout yeah. out to Emily Sue Laird <laughs> yeah I did, a, um, yes. is I did she, a is she still the library I think so I think so too go ahead Brian sorry I, was just gonna say, like,
0: <laughs> I did like a um, just a one of their sort of Saturday guest kind of things where you know I came and brought my my drone stuff in and showed drone films and mm. and uh, man it was just so it it is sort of uh a reminder for those of us that don't get the opportunity to sort of get out in the community it's real easy to be sort of focused on like what's my next thing to serve my own sort of career goals or my own vanity in some respect or whatever it is validation sometimes it's just easily for me like the most rewarding things that I've done have been things like that where you just go out in the community and just avail yourself and see people that you just forget about how many people that just have no exposure Right to a lot of these things that you're in, in, entrenched in all the time that you take for granted that for even someone to just have a glimpse at something could be like the the genesis the the seedling that they need to al- alter them in some way that you know. Um, to to seek out something for themselves in a way that they wouldn't have otherwise, right? And, and it doesn't have to be this broad-based curriculum. It doesn't have to yeah. be this. It can just be like, a, hey, I was here one day. You know, some, I hung out with these kids, and I taught them a few things and showed them a few things. And I mean, I can think about stuff like that that happened even when I was a kid. That was just I can trigger. I can I can think of those memories now. It's so, you know you're still so raw when when you're young like oh, that. Yeah. It's nice to sort of remember that and then to think about like what things can you do to go back and and try to provide that for others and you know uh, it's. It's a neat thing to uh, remind yourself also of, like, uh, everyone, whether you like it or not, is in some position of social responsibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't mean you have to be an activist. It doesn't mean that you have to, I don't know, you know what I mean? Just be conscious and aware. Use the platform you have. Yeah, just be, be fundamentally aware of humanity and try not to be a dick. And and try to like share a little bit of knowledge and maybe something will come back to you maybe it won't who cares just just like have that dynamic about you
1: you know i think it's a good thing tell us again when is your when is your solo show coming up
2: july 7th at rock wall gallery in okay. the houston
1: station one question i wanted to ask you before we get wound up here is i wanted to say like you talk about being such a process-based artist you talk about like just you being involved in the the moment and all this stuff but when it, when push comes to shove and you have to put an exhibition together, how do you know what what goes in and what goes out?
2: Yeah, the, fa- the, fa- <laughs> the last few weeks have been uh, very... Is that you
1: doing that or is that is there another person you are working with who's more like curating it or are you just having to figure out what you want to include?
2: I'm basically curating and uh-huh. kind of uh-huh. asking help from the community to, uh-huh. to, you know, I'm hosting a few little art nights uh-huh. where I come and have friends oh, okay. come and look at the work, preview that what preview you were doing it.
1: the other night? Correct. Okay, cool, yeah. You yeah. invited, I, uh, Andres invited me over, but I had to go to jujitsu. <laughs>
2: yeah, to get yourself your beat up.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I... Uh, Joe would rather be choked unconscious than, <laughs> than
2: support my friends. support his <laughs> friends. Yeah, it's <laughs> all good. It's all good. I had, I had some wonderful people come out. You know, I'll be doing a few of those to That's just kind of get some feedback. I like that idea. You know, I, I
1: find, like, with music often, I'll be, um, you know, like if I'm getting ready to put a new, not so much with the recent singles or anything, but like if I'm doing like an album or something, almost always it'll be sort of like, Hey man, check this out. I just got done with this project. And then, you know, before anybody's even heard it, you've played it for some people who you, you respect what they know. Yes. You know that they understand what you do. I've got, I mean, I'm thinking about everything from like people I know who are like, you know, in music in, you know, are great fucking musician musicians or engineers or whatever here in nashville but also just people i've known i got a buddy who's like a huge music fan he's listened to my music for years and i almost always play him like a new record before i put it out because i'm interested to see what he thinks about it because he because he's got a whole understanding of there's something even about the
0: act of consciously sharing something preemptively that helps you focus uh And shape the 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 delivery of whatever it is you're you're sort of doing. Mm -hmm. Is there something about just the act of that before you release it to the world? Because then you start to embody these these perspectives that you know and you trust, and you start to kind of triangulate your own perspective. Uh And then you're like already getting these sort of signs of like, oh, you know what? Like I can kind of tell just because I embodied someone else's consciousness Uh when I was listening to, as opposed to just my own what will what's what's working and maybe some things start to stand out in a different
1: way. It's such yeah. a strange cerebral you get, you, you get a thing. cool you get a good perspective on it oh, that yeah. you can't get until you do let other people hear it. Right. Yeah. But then that's also like the first step in being able just to be like oh and i should just let this go because yeah. i ultimately i right. can't control what it is i love constructive yeah. criticism
2: and that's like yeah. what i miss from yeah. being an it art can school be really good because like you know something that i'm creating because sometimes we're our own worst critics mm-hmm. and because i'm a lot about the process of creating not always about the finish work i have like so many projects that i haven't finished mm-hmm. uh in different mediums and it's like you know but when i have a quote unquote finished product or something unfinished i'll show it to my best friend and he's like dude that's the best that's beautiful that's great and i'm like oh that's like just a rough draft yeah <laughs> so, mm-hmm. it, so you know but getting constructive criticism and feedback is is important
0: yeah hey oh by the way is there um is there anybody on the on the gram that wants to yap at you or anything or are we just kind of just recording this looks
2: like, looks like people are coming and going
0: okay people are coming and going yeah. people are
2: coming and going and uh, so, they'll, they'll they'll be able to see it after <laughs>
0: man so Wow, so then what you mentioned photography. You mentioned, obviously, painting. What are some of the other mediums that you play in? Or what's one maybe that you're just thinking about, that you're curious about, that you haven't gone down a path yet?
2: Man, I'm really enjoying this acrylic, playing with acrylic, the, the versatility with it. You're basically making plexiglass sculptures. I mean, the, I mean, there's that more can to hang. it than that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a sculptor. Mm-hmm. Artist, uh, if somebody wants to say that about it, then awesome. But I'm I'm just trying say, to challenge myself. What,
1: what do you what do you think of them as? My work, yeah, or as the plexiglass stuff?
2: Plexiglass is, is, is definitely uh, just letting letting paint outside of the four corners of just the standard. Mm what you think an art show is supposed to be Uh now i'm not like breaking ground here i'm not like doing something insane like nobody's ever done this before but to me it's something i haven't experimented with Uh yet and so it just gets so curious i'm curious i'm like i'm curious about what this would do in this color with this shade you know if i paint on the front of it and the paint on the back and it's cool because you get different you know i can with the plexi i can paint i don't know neon pink on the back of the plexi and then like yellow uh neon yellow on the front and you get this kind of depth when you look at something in a different way Mm. and then you stack different pieces of plexi and rearrange them so i'm Mm. in love with the with the what if and the like you said like the curiosity Uh the mystery of what could it be and the dimensionality is just like a cherry on top Uh so they do look somewhat sculptural too but it's it's mostly me saying what if what yeah. if instead of leaving my but you canvas still think of stretch, it mostly as a, as a it.
1: but you think of it still mostly as like a painting process essentially correct yeah interesting see that's this is why we do this because it gives because it's like things that like I start to see all that dimensionality and mass and I'm automatically like well now we're in sculpture land and you're like no we're still in painting world <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean if, if, if
2: somebody wants to do the honor of, of saying it's a sculpture awesome I'm honored yeah. like you know I'm not exactly I'm not offended by your experience right I understand of, that, the, yeah. of the process right. or of the finished product right
1: well this is what we were just talking about with when you release your music or when you do your work and other people see it then all of a sudden now it's like it just opens it up and there's all these interpretations that you know you if you're not there to to tell the person what you think it is then it's just like everybody gets their own input at that point and that's the and that's (laughs) the
2: beauty of it you know um now what i want to create with this with this experience is it's going to be down this kind of almost almost eerie old warehouse uh hallway that's all like rocks and and you know brick and stone Mm -hmm. and the lights will be off there will be black lights on and um you know all the work just kind of really comes to life so you're the black really gonna double on. down
1: on this uh, like cave thing
2: it's gonna be it's, <laughs> gonna, it's gonna be like uh it's gonna be almost what i cr- what i consider a mindscape
1: uh-huh so it almost sounds more like a almost more like an installation than an exhibition too like it's gonna be more of like a, a whole experience to walk through i that.
2: want it to be an experience and um, I might be having a little after party, so nice. Mm. Everybody, come out.
0: All right, July seventh. Now, now, that's all you had to say. It's just you're having a party,
1: party July seventh. <laughs> Andres, where do we find you uh, to follow you on uh, on uh, all the all the platforms? Socials
2: at a n d r e s b u s t m. At Andres Bustm
1: and does not Persona Contemporary has its own yes. uh, Instagram
2: at Persona Contemporary. There yes. we go. Cool, and you're on Twitter and on Instagram and Facebook. And yes, Facebook.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, right on, man. Hey, uh, so that was it, great, inspiring conversation.
0: Yeah, man. And in the wrap up, uh, Joe, do you have anything you want to promo?
1: Um, yeah, I am I'm, I'm gonna be in the Art of the South, uh, which will which is a, a regional exhibition that'll open at the museum, uh, of the Memphis College of Art in Midtown in Memphis on June 7th, I think.
0: Okay, so follow, follow Joe on Instagram <laughs> nice. to find out exactly yeah. what June he's talking 7th. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's gonna be awesome, and I love Memphis.
1: Yeah. Kind of
0: love Memphis. Um, and then for for me, uh, there's some things coming. Um, I was uh, selected to be the first ever artist in residence for the Metro Archives. Um, Nashville Metro Archives. Mm-hmm. So I get to basically work with the um, uh, Metro Archives folks to be able to um, uh, go through old footage that's never been preserved, that's dying and decaying, and then resample all of that material. And then I'm going to create a video and audio installation that's going to be uh, done at Fort Negley. That's and exciting. It, and it'll be uh, opening on. The art, at the art crawl or whatever i'll be at fort negley in, in august, august with okay. this piece uh that i have not done yet but i will be That's doing cool. first saturday of august first saturday of august but That's anyway cool. um so everybody will hear more about that but anyway all uh, right andres man thank you thank you what a thank blast and let's have you back uh, you know i know we're a little bit pushed for time today thank you uh, for your special gift as well
2: well my pleasure <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you all for having me and
0: and yeah best wishes all right take it easy y'all
1: Okay guys, I love the Art Fight Podcast and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help?
0: Go to anchor.fm forward slash Podcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're gonna pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone